the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, let's get it underway for a Thursday. So let me bring you up to date on exactly what's going to happen the rest of this show and then tomorrow. rest of this show, it'll be me here in the first hour going over some major topic points that we need to cover. And then to next hour, J.R. Davis is coming in and joining me at 3.35. Bill O'Reilly will call in to talk about Uh, His brand new book, The United States of Trump, How the President Really Sees America. And I can only imagine with this new book coming out right now and with what's going on, Bill O'Reilly's going to have some interesting things to say. So that's coming up at uh, the 3 o'clock hour. 4 o'clock hour uh, will be uh, joined by Applied uh, Research, and they'll be talking about studies that they're doing and the 5 o'clock hour, we will repeat the 3 o'clock hour because uh, that will be a very, a very interesting hour, and we want to play that back so more people can hear uh, what Bill O'Reilly and J.R. Davis have to say here on the show. Coming up tomorrow, I am out of uh, the chair. We'll be uh, playing a Best of Dave Ellswick show, and then on Monday, I will be back I'll, uh, I'm going up to Branson tomorrow. I'm doing a special two-hour remote for the fish, and they've asked me to go up because the folks that are over at the fish can't be there. So I'm going to go on up, talk about this new uh, family uh, weekend Halloween pumpkin fest that they're having up in uh, Branson and Uh, I'll be telling you all about that tomorrow on The Fish between 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock here tomorrow at that time on The Answer. Washita football will be going on, and, of course, uh, Rex will be giving you all the play-by-play of how they're doing in their football game. Uh, Monday, Robert Steinbach and Elizabeth Sotolaro will be on with me here on the Dave Ellswick Show. So what? Should be interesting coming up in the next hour for sure with uh, Bill O'Reilly coming on. I'm looking forward to that. But let's look at some things that we need to talk about. Uh, The reason the Democrats, I believe, are doing what they're doing right now. Remember, this is an inquiry. It's not an impeachment. They haven't brought it to a vote. I think that uh, they're going to have to have a whole lot more ammunition to get the necessary uh, votes that they want to be able to uh, pursue this. But 
Uh, we will see if they do it or not. I mean, uh, Schiff is saying they hope to draw up articles of impeachment by Thanksgiving. Now that's that's his, what he said. Uh, as you heard, Congressman French Hill said uh, yesterday, he's not the smartest uh, or sharpest blade in the uh, um, the box. He's not the brightest bulb. He's not viewed as being um, a deep thinker, even by his colleagues. So uh, take that as you will. Uh, but uh, he'll be, uh, uh, he says that's what's going to happen. If it happens, then they've got to make the vote. They have to have the necessary votes, the two-thirds. That would send it to the Senate. Uh, McConnell has said they'll take it up. They have to. That's their constitutional duty. Doesn't mean that they have to belate it and uh, belabor it and spend a lot of time cons- uh, considering it. If there's not a lot there, expect to see uh, it move fast in the Senate and uh, the, the the president to be exonerated. So uh, that's where we're sitting at uh, with all of this. But why is the Democrat Party doing what they're doing? I talked to uh, French Hill about this yesterday, the congressman from District 2, and I asked, is that, does he think, <coughs> as I do, that they want to try to sully uh, and muddy the president up and they see as that as being about the only way that they can win the uh, election next year. He said, well, if you look at their crop of people that are running uh, for the position and running, you know, for the Democratic nomination, uh, would you be all that excited about thinking you could beat a sitting president? So I, I've got a montage uh, for you and what the Dem- that the Democrats are looking to throw this election and seeing that the president doesn't get reelected, the last person you'll hear is Congressman Green, who I refer to as the Geico caveman. He'll make the final statement here. And what you're going to hear is what the Democrats said during the time that Clinton was under uh, impeachment. Here you go. It is simply antithetical to our constitutional democracy to use impeachment to overturn an election on partisan grounds. I think it has traumatic impact on the confidence that the American people have in government. The effect of impeachment is to overturn the popular will of the voters as expressed in a national election. Their hatred of the president exceeds their caring about this country and its people. It would trample upon the choice made by the people through the electoral process and do great harm. The people elected the president. They still support him. We have no right to overturn the considered judgment of the American people. But what the American people are saying loudly clearly is let's get on with the business of the American people. Impeachment of a president is an undoing of a national election. It violates the independence of the presidency, and it usurps the people's voice. They are ripping asunder our votes. They are telling us that our votes don't count and that the election must be set aside. Send a message through the ballot box. That's what we do in this democracy. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. That... 
there says it all. That says it all. Everything you heard before was Pelosi, Biden first, then Pelosi. And I'm not sure who the third person was. The fourth person is Schumer, of course. And then uh, on and on as you went through some of the big names back in the 90s when Clinton was being uh, impeached. And what they had for him was more than just sex. Uh, They had him lying in front of a grand jury and uh, perjuring himself. And so the Republicans felt that they could remove him. What is what did you hear time and time again? Now, Clinton actually perjured himself. Okay, Trump's not done that. Trump's is is a matter of how do you uh, take what he said to that uh, uh, Ukrainian president? And I take it in in fact that he's trying to get the information uh, necessary to find out why the Russian investigation got tipped off in the first place and happened, and he wants to completely exonerate his name. Uh, And, uh, I mean, how did he get started? We know now, as we go back over the the time frame, uh, the dossier, which was just a whole bunch of BS that was made up, was uh, taken by Fusion, who was uh, being paid by the Clinton uh, uh, campaign and uh, was floated out to uh, members of uh, the elected officials in the House and to the press and even to uh, a sitting senator at the time, and that was McCain. And McCain hated uh, Trump so much that he turned that over to the FBI. So it was all predicated on BS. Now, we all know that. That, that's all been proven. But that's not stopping the Democrats from doing what they're trying to do right now. They are literally trying to cast aside your vote for this man who was elected uh, president. And don't come to me with, oh, but Hillary Clinton got more votes. I don't give a crap if she got more votes. That's not the way we elect the president of the United States. We do it through the Electoral College so that everybody has a say in this country. I mean, I thought the president did a great job. I think it was, wasn't it last week he did that press conference that we took live? It was last week. And he talked about that. He said, look, you run a campaign differently if you're running for the popular vote than I did running for the, uh, you know, the electoral college vote. Hillary ran for the popular vote. That's why she didn't go to Pennsylvania. That's why she didn't go to Wisconsin. And a good reason why she didn't probably go to Michigan. She didn't think it was necessary. She thought that uh, with all the other states that she'd pick up, in fact, she took those states for granted. She thought those were in her hip pocket because that's been the blue wall for a long time. And the blue wall crumbled on her and she got beat, period. She ran a a more popular vote campaign and that's not how we elect the president. But that very last statement made by Congressman Green of Texas says it all. We've got to impeach this guy because he might get reelected. 
I think they know from their internal polling it ain't might. It's a very good probability. I mean, you never say yes completely. You can't do that. But you can sure look at it and go, wow, he's sitting in the catbird seat. It's going to be really, really difficult. And I'll tell you what else is going to be difficult as I play some cuts for you the rest of this hour. When you've got a uh, party that wants to take your guns, when you have a party that wants to uh, take your insurance, when you have a party that wants to raise your taxes, those are, those are not issues uh, that the majority of Americans are going to vote for. They're not going to vote for those. I mean, look at Harris, Senator Harris. She is talking about confiscating 10 million guns. There are approximately 5 million, to your point, Craig. We have to have a buyback program, and I support a mandatory buyback program. It's got to be smart. We've got to do it the right way. Um, but there are 5 million at least, some estimate as many as 10 million. And we're going to have to have smart public policy that's about taking those off the streets, but doing it in the right way. Taking them off the street, doing the right way, doing a buyback program. A buyback program is not. Let me really hit on that word, is not voluntary. They'll say voluntary. Their idea of voluntary and the definition of voluntary are different. It's not if you want to do it, you know, that you show up and you you sell them your AR-15 or your AK-47 or whatever. Their idea of a voluntary buyback is you show up whether you like it or not, and sell your AR-15 or AK-47. That's how, that's how we'll get them off the streets. That's the, that's the way they feel about it. That's how they think that it has to be done. That's the way that they want to do it. And I don't think uh, Americans are, are up for that. Pete Buttereg, uh, the, the mayor over there in, uh, in South Bend, check out what he has to say. Let's listen real closely to cut number three. Let's talk about your plan here, because you and several other candidates have proposed this nationwide uh, gun licensing system. Uh, walk us through how, how that would work, and, and what's the thinking behind a nationwide gun licensing system? Sure. So I think it's common sense for a lot of folks. You've got to have a license to drive a car. You ought to have a license for owning a deadly weapon. And what I'm finding is, uh, gun o- my in-laws are a pretty good barometer on this. Uh, gun owners get that this is common sense. You're used to getting a hunting license and a fishing license and a driver's license. How about a license for access to firearms? Uh, And we've seen how it can be implemented in a place like Massachusetts. Uh, Steps have been taken that also uh, enable us to deal with the guns that are already there. Now, I'm less concerned with uh, the mechanics of it. I actually don't mind the idea of it being administered at a state level as long as there's a federal standard that every state has to live up to. Uh, Can all states be trusted to administer? Well, look at the way we do, uh, for example, uh, driver's licenses, right? There's a a standard that uh, allows a federal system for making sure you're safe to fly across all of the different states that administer driver's licenses. I think we can do the same thing for gun licenses. There you go. Now, let me ask you, Zach, pull the microphone over. 
What is the difference between driving a car, a hunting license, a a fishing license, and gun ownership? The difference, you say? Yeah, what's Mm. the difference? Well, one is definitely you got to do every single day. Okay. You know? um, What's the big thing that separates being able to go out and buy a gun and driving a car? Hmm. The Constitution. (laughs) Second Amendment. It's a right to own a gun. It's not a right to have a driver's license. It's not a right to have a hunting license. It's not a right to have a fishing license. Those are all privileges. Having a gun is a God-given, supposed to be protected by our Constitution and by our elected officials, right R-I-G-H-T. It is your right, not a privilege. It is a right that you have. I mean, he, the mayor of, of South Bend works at it from completely the wrong area. I don't care how many people say, well, you know, it is, that, that sounds commonsensical to me that everybody who wants a gun should have a, a license. I don't care if they think that's commonsensical or not. Because you know what? It's a right. Doesn't matter if you think it's right or wrong. It's a right. Just like you have the right to free speech. You have the right to petition your government. You have the right to go out and to, uh, you know, march against your government, etc., 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 and on and on and on. You know, that, that, that whole Bill of Rights thing that we talk about in the Constitution, except when we're talking about guns, and suddenly these uh, politicians on the left lose their minds. And we got more to talk about. Uh, 24 after 2. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll pick it up. I've, I've got, you say, Joe Biden, well, he's the moderate. Well, wait till I play what he has to say. When we come back. So I just got a couple of minutes to get us into the news. And then when we come back, we'll take up what the uh, mayor of South Bend had to say, what the senator from California had to say, and uh, what the former vice president had to say. Here he is right now. In the meantime, go out and eliminate the ability to purchase and or make any more of these assault weapons, period. Now, there's a third thing we do. Under the Firearms Act of 1934, there's a situation where when they outlawed machine guns, they said, okay, you can continue to have the machine gun if you own it, but guess what? You got to let us know you have one. You got to let us know you have one. National Firearms Act. You got it. I want that for all assault weapons. I want that for magazines because that, what happens is if we know you have one, The likelihood of that ever being used in a commission of a crime after a voluntary buyback is highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. Yeah, because government will be watching you all the time. That's what he's saying in so many words. We'll talk about this when we come back. There's 
There is so much. This is a target-rich environment. That's what we would call this in the, in the military, a target-rich environment. Politicians who don't know the difference between rights and a privilege. Politicians who want registries. Politicians who want what they say is a voluntary buyback program, but it's not a voluntary buyback program. We got a lot to talk about in the next half hour here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget coming up in the next half hour, J.R. Davis will come by. He and I will sit and talk about politics in general, and then we'll be joined by Bill O'Reilly to talk about his new book, The United States of Trump, How the President Really Sees America. It's going to be interesting the way he sees how this president has is going to handle uh, this whole uh, inquiry that's going on in the House of Representatives. Here's your news. All right. I was just watching a video, uh, Zach, and a guy was looked like he had a hurricane. You ever seen the hurricanes that they light on fire? Top of the, the drink, they light the rum on fire well they did all right on this and the guy would go and you you chug it down you know the flame goes out it's unless unless let me say unless you hold the liquor in your mouth and the guy the guy shoots it right and then spits it out because it lights on fire in his mouth, and it, he just spits out a whole big thing of flames. I'm sure it didn't feel good, but it was entertainingly funny to watch. I'm I'm just saying, just dummy, know how you're supposed to drink a drink like that before you go drinking it. Oh, amazing, absolutely amazing. So the Democrats will tell you, we're not out to get your guns, right? We're not coming to get your guns. You can you can be for sure we're not going to do This all comes from yesterday. I'm just going to play these three segments in a row, back to back. And you tell me what you get out of this. Phone number, by the way, 823-0965. 823 823- Oh nine six five. Let's play cut two, cut three, and then cut four back to back. Yeah, right now. Let's do it right now. There are approximately five million to your point, Craig. We have to have a buyback program, and I support a mandatory buyback program. It's got to be smart. We got to do it the right way. Um, but there are five million at least. Some estimate as many as ten million, and we're going to have to have smart public policy. That's about taking those off the streets, but doing it in the right way. Let's talk about your plan here, because you and several other candidates have proposed this nationwide uh, gun licensing system. Walk us through how how that would work, and and what's the thinking behind a nationwide gun licensing system? Sure. So I think it's common sense for a lot of folks. You've got to have a license to drive a car. You ought to have a license for owning a deadly weapon. And what I'm finding is, uh, my in-laws are a pretty good barometer on this. Uh, Gun owners get that this is common sense. You're used to getting a hunting license and a fishing license and a driver's license. How about a license for access to firearms? Uh, And we've seen how it can be implemented in a place like Massachusetts. Uh, Steps have been taken that also uh, enable us to deal with the guns that are already there. Now, I'm less concerned with... 
the mechanics of it. I actually don't mind the idea of it being administered at a state level as long as there's a federal standard that every state has to live up to. Uh, but Can all thing, states be trusted to administer? A, a well, look at the way we do, uh, for example, uh, driver's licenses, right? There, there's a, a standard that uh, allows a federal system for making sure you're sta safe to fly across all of the different states that okay. administer driver's licenses. I think we can do the same thing for gun licenses. In the meantime, go out and eliminate the ability to purchase and or make any more of these assault weapons, period. Now, there's a third thing we do. Under the Firearms Act of 1934, there's a situation where when they outlawed machine guns, they said, okay, you can continue to have the machine gun if you own it, but guess what? You've got to let us know you have one. You've got to let us know you have one. National Firearms Act. You got it. I want that for all assault weapons. I want that for magazines because that, what happens is if we know you have one, the likelihood of that ever being used in a commission of a crime after a voluntary buyback is highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. There you go. Now, wait, did you listen to all three of those people? Did it sound like they were friendly to guns to you? Eight two three zero nine six five. Let's hear what you have to say about it. Let's see. We've got Sharon in North Little Rock. Hi, Sharon. How are you? Hey, Mr. Dave. Good. Listen, uh, as a very active, in shape senior citizen, I would like to say that that hot place that we all know as a four-letter word mm -hmm. will freeze over before this girl tells them anything she's got. And I have several. The other thing is, the silent majority came out of the woodwork and elected our president. Until they take to the streets and get active in their communities and come out against all these gun rhetoric, I, we're not. We're going to continue to have problems, Dave. Oh, I don't we disagree. Need we need to band together form an organization, and put their feet to the fire, my friend. I agree. But, I mean, they keep saying, oh, we're not going to come for your guns. We heard Harris say a mandatory buyback. We heard Buterig uh, from South Bend said he wants you to have to have a license. And we just heard the uh, former vice president said, "Yes, you know, you got to register him. Well, I mean, like, what does he know? He probably needed a drink to get his mind straight. <laughs> okay. All right. Appreciate the call. Thank you much, Sharon. Who we got? We've got uh, Dave in Nashville, Arkansas. Dave, how are you? By the way, I like that name. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of partial to it, too. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Uh, these folks have lost their ever-loving mind. They will get my guns from my cold, dead hands. I will not buy a license. The Second Amendment is my license. That's right. And and they are going nuts. It's, it's kind of like Robert Jeffers said, and I think he's a little late on this statement. You know, he said if they impeach Trump, successfully impeach Trump, there's going to be a fracture like there was in the Civil War. The fracture is there. The lines are drawn. It's just going to be who jumps first. All right. Appreciate your call. Thank you very much. 823-0965. Phone lines are open to you here on this uh, first hour of the Dave Ellswick Show talking about, you know, uh, do Democrats really want to take your guns? I just played three people who are running for the nomination of the Democratic Party, and all three of them have told you yes. 
And then I, I could dig back a little bit uh, a few weeks ago and find something from Warren and find something from Sanders and find something from each and every one of them. There's no doubt that on their plate is to get rid of your right to own firearms. In fact, you know, the mayor of South Bend doesn't even think you have a right. He he just totally ignores the Second Amendment by saying he wants to make you have to have a license to have a firearm. That's not what the Second Amendment to the Constitution says. So you have the right to keep and bear arms. We got Bob. Is that who that is, Conway? All right. So let's go to Bob. Bob, how are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. Thanks for taking my call, Dave. Your your your, your callers are spot on. They the, the Dems need to amend the Constitution if they want to try this nonsense. And I, I wish they would realize that the only reason that the continental U.S. has not been invaded is because of our Second Amendment right. Mm-hmm. They, they need to think about this. Well, there's Thanks no doubt about my, that. Thanks for taking my call, sir. All right, appreciate it. I mean, we go. If we if we go back to the World War II, uh, one of the major generals of the Japanese Army said the reason they didn't come over and invade America is that there was a gun behind every blade of grass. That's his words, not mine. There was a gun behind every blade of grass. They knew what they would run into. They didn't want to deal with that, believe me. I mean, if you look at what happened in Nazi Germany, uh, Germany they confiscated guns first. What happened in Russia? They confiscated guns first. What happened in Japan? They they confiscated guns. That's how dictators and despots, like Mussolini even, get in power. They take away your ability to fight for yourself. Exactly the way it works. All right, Willie joins us. Let's go to Willie. And uh, Willie, what's your thoughts on this? Dave, the Second Amendment gives us the right to own and bear guns. These idiotic Democrats want to disrupt something that was guaranteed us in the Constitution. Well, yeah. I mean, look, I don't even know if the mayor of of, uh, South Bend even understands there's a Second Amendment in the Constitution. He just totally ignores it. He's an idiot, Dave. (laughs) <laughs> I agree. I think they're all idiots. That's the way I believe. And when we come back, we'll play again that montage that I have for you about why the inquiry is going on. I'll play back how they felt about when Bill Clinton was impeached. And there is a direct correlation between that and what's happening to Trump right now. This is the way that the only way they think that they can beat Donald Trump is if there is no Donald Trump on the ticket, on the ballot, come November of 2020. All right, back with you again. When it comes to guns, Democrats want to take them. You know, if they don't like them, they'll make them illegal they're going to license them, make you get a license just to have a gun. Uh, they want to use uh, uh, laws from the 30s to make them, Ill, uh, you know, high-capacity magazines illegal. And then they want you to have to register. Did you know? Did you hear what Biden said? He said he wanted 
people have to register, uh, you know, AR-15s, AK-47s, semi-automatic ones, and high-capacity magazines. You know, I have to tell you, amongst my friends that have guns, that's a majority of my friends that would have to go in and fill out a form for the government and say, you know, I've got some of those. And why does the government need to know everybody that has a high-capacity magazine unless in the back of their mind is we're going to go get those high-capacity magazines somewhere along the line? You've got the the South Bend mayor. He doesn't even understand that the, the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment is a right, not a privilege. It's not a privilege like driving. Yeah, you got to have a license to drive a car because that's a privilege. You got to have a, a license to hunt because that's a privilege, although I think that can be argued. And the same thing with uh, fishing. You got to have a license. I, don't, I personally don't think the state owns every waterway to the extent that they own every fish in the waterways or own every deer that runs across the, the lands of, of Arkansas. But that's an argument for another day. But the bottom line, he thinks you need to have to buy a governmental license to be able to own any kind of firearm. And Harris, she wants to do a mandatory, not a voluntary, a mandatory buyback. That means if you have an AR-15 or AK-47, you must mandatorily take it in and sell it to the government. And if you don't, and if somehow they come and find out that you have one and they come out and they find it, they are going to go out and and they're going to come and get you because you'll be breaking the law. Now, that sounds like to me you've got a lot of people and I can go back and get Warren and I can can get Sanders and more from Biden and and, uh, all of them talking about what they want to do with guns and they always crouch it in common sense, you know, legalese that's just common sense look if their common sense is that it breaks the second amendment it doesn't go very far as far as i'm concerned i don't care how common sense you think it is if it's against my rights then it stops right at my nose okay so i have said all along that i believe that the whole idea for the uh, democrats is to besmirch the president enough with this inquiry that he they think that he can't get reelected because I think they think that's the only way they can get their person into the White House. With that in mind, let's go back uh, into the 90s, about 98, and you'll hear how the Democrats were talking then about impeachment when it was their candidate that was in the White House. And then that last voice you'll hear, there's a break, and then the last voice you hear is Texas Congressman Green and what I believe is the bottom line for the Democrats for November 2020. It is simply antithetical to our constitutional democracy to use impeachment to overturn an election on partisan grounds. I think it has traumatic impact on the confidence that the American people have in government. The effect of impeachment is to overturn the popular will of the voters as expressed in a national election. Their hatred of the president exceeds their caring about this country and its people. It would trample upon the choice made by the people through the electoral process and do great harm. The people elected the president. They still support him. We have no right 
to overturn the considered judgment of the American people. But what the American people are saying loudly and clearly is let's get on with the business of the American people. Impeachment of a president is an undoing of a national election. It violates the independence of the presidency and it usurps the people's voice. They are ripping asunder our votes. They are telling us that our votes don't count and that the election must be set aside. Send a message through the ballot box. That's what we do in this democracy. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. I'm concerned if we don't impeach this president, he might get reelected. That, that is what this is all about. Just telling you, that's what this is all about. And uh, Congressman Green, at least, is uh, honest enough to state it right out uh, in front and clearly. All those other things you heard were back from uh, the late 90s when Bill Clinton was being impeached and how it was trying to overturn a national election and whatnot. Now, you ask those people now, and they'll say, oh, well, we got to get to get this president. I mean, Biden. Biden's the first piece. Play what Biden said. Just play the very first person that's on there. It is simply antithetical to our constitutional democracy to use impeachment to overturn an election on partisan grounds. There you go. All right. He's not saying that now, is he? And 20, what, 24, 25 years later, he's saying, of course, we got to get this guy. We got to get him. The only way we can get him out of there is the only way we can beat him. He ain't going to beat him. That's for sure. Joe Biden ain't going to beat Donald Trump. Joe Biden, I don't even think, is going to get the nomination. And uh, after Bernie Sanders had to get a couple of uh, stints, I think uh, his probability of being the nominee or have exponentially uh, sunk into the quicksand of time, to be honest. Ain't going to happen. I mean, what is he going to do now? Is he going to go out and, like, run three miles and then do a speech or something to prove that everybody's ticker's all right. I mean, I know he probably feels a whole lot better. I remember when I got my first stents, you know, when I was, uh, you know, I'd be walking and I have a little bit of, you know, problem breathing and I had a little bit of, you know, heaviness in my chest and I went in and they went in and looked and sure enough, there was a blockage and they went in and put stents in. I felt great. Still about five years later, then I had to have my chest cracked open like the movie from Alien, and they went in and did a quintuple bypass. Now I feel fantastic again, and I've, you know, got my diet under control, and I lift weights again and do all of those things. But uh, here in the near future again, I'm sure my cardiologist is going to say, Dave, Let's go in and take a look and make sure uh, that, uh, you know, the the fuel injectors aren't getting clogged up again. I'm sure that would be part of his uh, questioning. You know, you got to go in and got to look at things. All right, let's take a break. We've got news coming up. That's going to come up. So I, I think Bernie Sanders doesn't have much of a chance. Right now, it looks to me like it's uh, 
You know, Elizabeth Warren's to lose. That's what it looks like to me. We'll see what happens. Iowa's just around the corner, though. That's all coming up here in a minute. We won't talk about that. we got other things we may talk about a little bit. J.R. Davis is coming up. He and I uh, will have a discussion, I'm sure, about what's going on politically. And then Bill O'Reilly talking about his new book, The United States of Trump, How the President Really Sees America. to you again what's going to happen the rest of the week i will not be here tomorrow it will be a best of dave ellswick show i'm uh, because uh, they're a little bit short over on the fish i'm going to branson tomorrow uh and i have been given the responsibility of doing an interview there saturday uh early uh, about their pumpkin celebration that they're having it at silver dollar city and i'm going to be there for that and talking to the people and i'll be over on the fish between three and five in the afternoon doing that staying over night tonight at branson and then again tomorrow night on my way back here on sunday i'll be back in the chair on monday but tomorrow you'll hear uh a segment you're going to hear in just about a half an hour again tomorrow and that would be J.R. davis and I talking to Bill O'Reilly, who has a new book out about Trump. And it, it I've had this set up for over a month now, and it couldn't have come at a better time. Yeah. Bill O'Reilly knows Trump very, very well, and it would be very interesting to see what he's got to say about all of this. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a very, very interesting read, too. Yeah, it really will be a good book, I'm sure. I have not read it yet. I've uh, kind of perused it a little bit. May take it with me to Branson. I'll have some time to kind of kick back and read a little bit. Probably is the kind of book that if you really get into it, you could read in a day over several hours, and I may be doing that while I'm up in Branson because I'm going to find it really interesting. Did you get a chance to listen to any of last hour? I did, about the last 10 minutes of it. Okay, so yeah. you, you you heard me play the uh, – the Democrats going yeah. crazy in, in the end of the 90s about Clinton and how we shouldn't overthrow a, a duly elected president and all of that. Now you don't hear any of that, do you? No. Very different. Very yeah. different. I uh, mean, we just heard, Bi- heard Biden saying this president needs to be impeached. Go ahead and play Biden again. That's his very first person on this, this 
montage. It is simply antithetical to our constitutional democracy to use impeachment to overturn an election on partisan grounds. No, yeah, that's that's all it's you got to play. <laughs> it's it's one eighty uh, clear. Yeah, that's one hundred and eighty uh-huh. degrees different. That's yeah. what it is. Now they warned us back during that time. The Democrats did that sooner or later they were going to do the same thing, and that's what they're trying to do now. What is going to be interesting is evidently Nancy Pelosi forgets what the outcome of that was. It was not good. The Republicans thought they were going to gain 20 to 30 seats in the House. Yep. And in fact, they lost five. That's right. And remember, I think we talked about this last time, that it was it was more, and it wasn't popular at all with the general public no. to impeach Clinton. It's even less popular with Trump. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that obviously there's there was some clear evidence with Clinton, even though they still felt that it was a well, they had him, witch hunt. They but there's had no evidence for, with uh, Trump. You know, uh, lying under oath. Yeah, exactly. Perjury. All right. That's a real crime. Yep. This president hasn't lied about anything. In fact, what's driving the Democrats crazy is today, while he's talking to reporters, he says, hey, I think the Chinese should start an investigation. I saw the headline, on yeah. the yeah. On them, you know, and oh, that's, they're going crazy. Yeah. They're going crazy. Who was it? Was Who did I have on that was talking about Teddy Roosevelt and the Panama Canal? I was talking about, we were talking about that. Are you familiar with that? A little bit. Yeah, okay. He pushed that all through really fast so that the Congress couldn't stop it. Yep. And there were people who said, well, he's, and, and I think we can look at it and say he went way beyond what the president should do. He did it. Nobody impeached him. Yeah. Nobody talked about impeaching him. Nobody, yeah. nobody had tried to impeach FDR when he tried to load up the Supreme Court and when he tried to turn around and add more justices. Nobody tried to impeach him. Now, that's a real, I think you can sit back and go, hmm, and you might want to look at that. Does he have any power to do that? No. I'm just saying. Yeah. And it just goes down to the partisan politics of it all. And, and you know, I believe it was last week you played the uh, <clears throat> the speech from the floor from McConnell, who basically laid it all out there. Oh, said, yeah. Hey, he they've been trying it. to do this from day one with the headline in the Washington Post that, you know, the, the, uh, the impeachment of the president yeah, begins, begins now. now. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, I think, and I think to most people, I think to most Americans, regardless of, and I think there's a lot of Democrats out there that absolutely hate Trump and think this is the worst strategy going into 2020. And yeah. I just think all, all together, you know, this isn't good for the Democrats. It's not good for Speaker Pelosi. Uh, and then when you couple that with the platform that the Democratic presidential candidates are are continuing to push out there, it's just a recipe for disaster. Uh, it really is. And I think there's a lot of really frustrated Democrats out there that are just watching this happen going, what are you doing? Because it is. It's going to be a disaster for Democrats if this is the the, uh, the path they continue down. Because, you know, Newt Gingrich warned Pelosi. Yeah. He said, what happened to me is going to happen to you. What happened to him? He lost the speakership because of it. Yeah. I heard him on uh, Fox News. I was listening to the radio uh, last Thursday. And, and heard him talking on uh, Tucker Carlson about that exact thing that, look, absolutely, hindsight's twenty twenty, but what they're doing right now is 
is a recipe for disaster. They're repeating. Yeah, repeating history. Um, damn, they haven't. They didn't learn. That's for sure. No, no. And I think that's another thing too. Is just the hatred is driving this. It's not strategy. It's no. hatred and saying that you know we 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 lost our what they I can really believe they considered their best opportunity was the Mueller report. Nothing happened, mm-hmm. and it was the first sort of blood in the water they perceived it to be right. And then right. they hopped on it. And I think it's blowing up in their face. And it's hard to pull back an impeachment inquiry once you're in it. And yeah. Uh, so it's a rock and a hard spot right now, but it'll be interesting to watch. Because they come to the end of the inquiry, and the Speaker of the House suddenly says, yeah, we found things that we don't like, but it doesn't reach high crimes and misdemeanors, so we'll not go forth with this. The left in the Democratic Party will go crazy. I mean, they've already gone crazy. They'll go really. They'll go you know, ape guano. <laughs> okay, I'm just telling you, no, you're right. nuts, nuts. You're right. Did you hear me play uh, Buttigieg a minute ago? The no, I didn't hear me? that. No, I didn't. Okay, I want you, I, I love this because the Democrats say they're not coming after our guns, right? Oh, boy, no, that that's all made up. It ain't happening. Well, so let, let me, I'll play these three pieces okay. together. This is Harris. And it's the South Bend mayor, and it's Biden. Okay. Three cuts, three different candidates. Here's what they all say. There are approximately $5 million to your point, Craig. We have to have a buyback program, and I support a mandatory buyback program. It's got to be smart. We've got to do it the right way. Um, but there are $5 million at least, some estimate as many as $10 million. And we're going to have to have smart public policy that's about taking those off the streets, but doing it in the right way. Let's talk about your plan here, because you and several other candidates have proposed this nationwide uh, gun licensing system. Walk us through how, how that would work, and, and what's the thinking behind a nationwide gun licensing system? Sure. So I think it's common sense for a lot of folks. You've got to have a license to drive a car. You ought to have a license for owning a deadly weapon. And what I'm finding is, uh, gun o- my in-laws are a pretty good barometer on this. Uh, gun owners get that this is common sense. You're used to getting a hunting license and a fishing license and a driver's license. How about a license for access to firearms? Uh, and we've seen how it can be implemented in a place like Massachusetts. Uh, steps have been taken that also uh, enable us to deal with the guns that are already there. Now, I'm less concerned with uh, the mechanics of it. I actually don't mind the idea of it being administered at a state level as long as there's a federal standard that every state has to live up to. Uh, but Can all thing, states be trusted to administer? A- well, look at the way we do, uh, for example, uh, driver's licenses, right? There, there's a, a standard that uh, allows a federal system for making sure you're sta- safe to fly across all of the different states that okay. administer driver's licenses. I think we can do the same thing for gun licenses. In the meantime, go out and eliminate the ability to purchase and or make any more of these assault weapons, period. Now, there's a third thing we do. Under the Firearms Act in 1934, there's a situation where when they outlawed machine guns, they said, okay, you can continue to have the machine gun if you own it, but guess what? You've got to let us know you have one. You've got to let us know you have one. National Firearms Act. You got it. I want that for all assault weapons. I want that for magazines because that, what happens is if we know you have one, the likelihood of that ever being used in a commission of a crime after a voluntary buyback is highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. You know, they're not coming for your guns, JR. What are you worried about? 
Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. You couple that with with Francis O'Rourke's uh, comment uh, last week, wasn't yeah, it? Right? Yeah, right. Uh, where he he basically, I think he used the word. Uh, oh, uh, you know what I'm talking about. We played it here, but what did he? He actually used the words confiscate. Confiscate, I yeah. think. And uh, and 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 we talked about you know you have Republicans and, and conservatives, and and regardless of that party philosophies, you know, gun owners, Second Amendment right advocates who have always said Democrats are coming for your guns. And then you have four of these candidates basically confirm all of that. Well, I think, Warren just said it too. Yeah, she's been that's on true. that. Yeah, what's the funny part? Sanders is you, has been on say, that too. You, you played, you played uh, within the last week. You've had those four cuts, and then not counting Warren or Bernie. So you're basically talking the Democratic field and the front runners. That's exactly that right. are saying that absolutely that's what we're going to do. Yep. Uh, and I believe it was O'Rourke too that said. Uh, you know, we're, I'm not going to play into the 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 fear mongering. It's like oh, you, yeah. you are because you're confirming every, and it's not fear mongering; it's the truth, and that's exactly what Democrats have said. It's what Republicans have feared, and it's coming to fruition. I'm telling you, they are going to have a difficult time in a general election. What, truly, what really blows me away is to listen to the South Bend mayor equate owning a gun to having a license to drive a car. The difference between a right under the Constitution and a privilege. I mean, he, yeah. he, he doesn't even try to explain that. Well, you know, my in-laws, they, they understand this commonsensical uh, way of doing things. And I think if they understand it, the rest of America should understand it. We're going to get rid of that right thing. <laughs> yeah, that whole right thing really gets in the way of stuff. It does. It, it really just does. It gets in the way of wanting to confiscate people's guns. It really, really does. Just amazing to me. You know, here's the key. They get rid of Trump. Who are they going to beat still with all this stuff that they're coming up with? I don't see how they beat anybody. I don't understand anybody in this country falling in line with what this party, the Democrat Party, is saying. No, I agree. And I honestly think it's it's kind of comical because let's just, you know, let's just, let's take it to the best case scenario for Democrats. They impeach Trump. They kick him out of office. Pence assumes the uh, uh, role of president of the yeah. United States, runs, runs for office and wins. Because I'm telling you right now, no Democrat is going to win the White House bid with the platform that they are currently running no. on, and they've got several more debates. They're going to hit those uh, issues over and over and over again. We've talked about this. Uh, the the uh, National Republican Party they they have they have ad after ad after ad. They wouldn't have to run the same ad twice. I mean, they could literally just keep running it on the air about what these Democrats have said. It is going to be impossible for them to walk back any of this because of what they said on those debate stages. I, it's it's just it's laughable to me. So go ahead and you know you want to impeach the president. I don't know how you think that's going to win you the White House in twenty twenty. It's, it's not, not a strategy. So it's going to lose you the White House. It is. You're losing the White House because you want to do Medicare for all. You tell everybody we're going to give you free Medicare, but and at least uh, Sanders has been a little bit honest in saying that yeah we're going to have to raise your taxes. Warren is lying her butt off. That's a pretty good butt to be able to lie off. I'm just telling you, the bottom line, she's she's lying through her teeth, and she will not admit that she'll have to raise middle-class taxes 
And the same thing, they got to raise. They're going to have to raise middle class taxes for free college and all the other things that they're promising you right now. They're throwing everything against the wall, seeing what a stick. Now, there's some of you out there that are young and easily uh, convinced that all of that stuff is free uh, until you start really working and you start looking at your check and you start seeing how much money the government's going to take from you. Yeah. And, and it's, it's not, there ain't nothing that's free. My daddy taught me that when, from a young age. There's no such thing as a free lunch. There's no such thing as free. And there was never a money tree growing in our backyard. Wise man. Yeah, he was. Yeah. For a man who only had third grade education, he was a pretty smart dude, I'm just telling you. And I you. think that's where the Democrats are missing out is on that whole common sense thing. So Yeah. Yeah, he had the common sense. What they yeah. got ain't common, let me tell yeah. you what. JR stay with us. We got uh, another few minutes to do this half hour. Bill O'Reilly is just around the corner at three thirty five. Come up here on the Dave Ellswick show. Hey, Zach, got a question for you. I, I had a, some really cool things that were up on uh, uh, my Instagram yesterday. A lot of people went and saw Hart and Joan Jett perform uh, over at uh, Verizon, soon to be Simmons Bank. Anyway, do you, know, did, did you know how old Joan Jett is? 63. Wow, that's a good guess. She's 61. Five years younger than me. I thought she was a lot younger than me. I thought she was like 52. And still touring. Yeah. The way she always tours. I mean, she, uh, the year that I, a couple of years that I interviewed her, but the one year that I know for a fact, because I asked her, she said <laughs> she was going to be on the road 340 days of that year. I mean, she took two weeks off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a hard That's a lot. That's a lot working for woman, buddy. Yeah. I'm just telling you, telling you. I now I, I just saw some snippets. All right, they had a couple snippets of Hart, and uh, I'm just telling you, um, the vocals not as good as they yeah. have been. And, I mean, they're not young anymore. Beyond Nancy and and Ann, they're not young anymore. What? How old is Ann? Just out of curiosity, she is. Okay, let's see. Ann Wilson. Boom. Ann Wilson is age. Oh, boom. You're kidding me. Now that does blow. She's 69. Wow. Wow. How, 69 is the new Yeah, the 39. new 30 or whatever. <laughs> so how, Nancy, how old is she? 65 she's a young a year younger than i am it's just really kind of weird i i interviewed all these people years ago yeah you know in the 80s and wow holy cow <laughs> i'm amazed uh, i really i Dave will amazed. be in shock for the next half hour yes so i we'll will you may have the, to uh... talk to bill o'reilly about everything i'm sitting <laughs> here stunned i had no idea Anne was 60 nine years old she don't look that she looked great yeah i guess when you're worth millions that you can stay that's looking true. good that does help you know nancy looks great she I, she 
personally, she was always the prettier of the two, but uh, she's still looking good, really looking good. Joan looks fantastic, she, but she's always been like a gym freak and stuff. So I, I bet you when she's out on the road, she finds she only stays in places that have workout rooms and stuff. It's that whole health kick, you know. Yeah, sometimes I think it works so. out. Yeah, it does. All right, I got some tickets to give away. I'm going to give away four tickets there, uh, Zach. All right, for for the first, uh, let's say third caller, okay, third caller. I've got four tickets for you to go to the uh, 33rd Annual Friendly Chapel Fish Fry. That's coming up on Friday, October 18th. That would be two weeks from tomorrow, uh, from 4.30 to 7.30. And... uh, Individual tickets for this are 15 bucks, so I got four of them. That's $60 worth right here. Uh, pre-made takeout available on the adult, adult tickets. If you want to know, this is all happening over at Verizon Arena in North Little Rock. If you would like those four tickets, be the third caller at 823-0965, All right, we've got news coming up. We'll get you caught up on what's happening, what's going on around the uh, world and here in the United States. You can hear the president say to China they should be looking into the Bidens. <laughs> Driving Democrats crazy. But uh, when we come back, J.R. Davis and I will be uh, talking to none other than Bill O'Reilly. And we'll be talking about his brand new book that he has uh, dealing the United States of Trump. That's all coming your way here after the news on the Dave Ellswick Show. It's done. All right. We're back with you, and it's always an honor and a, and a pleasure to welcome Bill O'Reilly to our show. And he's got a brand-new book out, The United States of Trump, How the President Really Sees America. And I, uh, I talked to Wayne Fisk uh, Bill, about uh, getting you on, and this date came up, and couldn't have been a better date. I'm just telling you, it's not like anything's going on in Trump uh, Trump land right now. Yeah, Dave, um, you know, I got uh, lucky with the book because uh, Donald Trump spoke to me extensively about Barack Obama and Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton and how he is furious because he believes they tried to hurt him in his campaign and even after he was elected. So that's in the United States of Trump. I had no idea, no, nor did anyone else, about Ukraine. But that resentment, uh, he feels that those three got away with corrupt behavior, is what drove him to call the president of Ukraine in July. So it's all there in the book, uh, laying it out that there's a reason this all happened, and now we're in another controversy. All right, so you've known Donald Trump for years. I mean, I remember watching you on, on Fox, and you used to talk about Donald Trump and why he did the things that he does. I mean, you understand this guy probably better than most people do. That's why I wrote the book. So I brought that expertise along with some investigative reporting into his life and his family and how he accumulated wealth and then how he accumulated power. So I think it's uh, the best book you'll ever read on Trump. And even if you don't like the president, he is a very interesting fellow. 
and uh, Arkansans and, and others listen to you, they should they should want to know more about him because what he does and how he does it uh, affects all of us. And, um, you know, it's a nonstop circus in Washington. That's not good for the country, but it doesn't look like it's going to stop anytime soon. All right. So I, I like this because this is what I like about Donald Trump. What, what many Americans still do not understand is that Donald Trump does not care if you dislike what he says or what he stands for. He wants action, reaction, and victory. He believes notoriety leads to winning. I like it about the president, because he does win. Well, you're quoting from the book, and I like that, Dave. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you took a look at it. Um, yeah, he's a different cat. I mean, most human beings seek the uh, approval of others, and he does not. Uh, the only person that I could ever find um, that he really wanted approval from was his father, Fred mm-hmm. Trump. Um, and he was able to use his fame on television, mostly through The Apprentice, to become uh, a person that Americans were familiar with. And that's how he overrode his Republican competition. They couldn't stand up to that kind of fame. And then he used the resentment toward Washington as a hammer and said, I'm the Avenger. I'm going to go in and I'm going to do things differently. And he certainly has. All right. J.R. Davis is with me here in the studio as well, Bill, just so you know. He takes part in my show uh, from time to time, and he knows inside politics as well. He's been the governor's spokesperson for quite some time, just gave that up last week. So he, he joins us. So you don't mind if he joins in the Not conversation? Not at all, J.R. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, absolutely. Bill, i got a question for you because I think what's interesting about you know, the president is the interaction with the media. Why is it that the media, I mean, we've, we've had some reports, there's been some reports that say there's such a focus on the White House more than any other time where there's stories happening all across the country, but they're so fixated on this president and you can see the bias coming out of some of those reporters. What, what gets under their skin so badly? Well, it's more than bias. It's hatred. Yeah. Um, they hate him, despise everything he stands for. And uh, I spell it out pretty clearly in, in the United States of Trump. He, Donald Trump, used the national media. And you'll remember um, when he announced that he was going to run for president, I did the first interview with him. Mm-hmm. And then he was on nonstop on cable TV and network news, nonstop. And the chieftains, uh, including uh, Fox News boss time, Roger Ailes, never thought he was going to win. Some of them thought he was a clown. Others thought he was just a thug. Nobody ever thought, but he was good for ratings and good for newspaper circulation. So he ran wild, and he got his message out. Too late did they realize that that message was resonating and he was going to get the nomination. And so they turned on him because he outfoxed them, pardon Mm -hmm. the pun. And that, to this day, is the driving animus. However, Donald Trump is governed to the right because that's where his support lies. So appointing Supreme Court justices on immigration, on um, foreign policy, he is governing as a conservative, even though he himself is not a conservative. 
And that really angers the left-wing media. Yeah, it's kind of weird because they've they've always kind of liked Donald Trump because he was always, as you said, he was good. He was good for print. He was good for uh, tape. He was always good to put on because people wanted to see Donald Trump. Now, not so much because he's really getting things done now, Bill. Well, it's not a matter of getting things done. It's just a matter of the press believes that it should run the country. See, most people think that Nancy Pelosi and Democrats are driving the impeachment thing. That's not who's driving it. They're just hitching a ride on the impeachment train. The media is driving impeachment, and Pelosi knows that she's got cover now to do it. Now, I think it's going to backfire because at this point, what's the crime? They yeah. say that, well, Donald Trump is using his power to subvert the election 2020, but you really can't make that argument when you know there's an active Justice Department investigation into possible corruption in the election of 2016, which involves the Ukraine. So as the chief law enforcement officer of the land, President Trump has the perfect right to ask the Ukrainian president to cooperate. In fact, he'd be derelict in his duty mm. if he didn't. So... While Trump may want to hurt Biden, I mean, let's be honest, of course he would. The prevailing situation is there's an active investigation involving Ukraine, and the president asked the Ukrainian president to cooperate. That's impeachable? No, it's not. So I think the folks are going to see that um, in a more clear way, and that could benefit Donald Trump and hurt the Democrats. But the media knows at this point. There's no Democratic presidential candidate that has captured the imagination of the voters. There's no Bill Clinton. There's no Barack Obama. So this is the way they think they could damage Trump so he won't win re-election. Well, here's the problem, though, Bill. It's very simple, is that what the Democrats are running on, I don't believe a majority of Americans want to ever see be made into law, and they're not going to be able to walk all this crap back that they're all talking about on the stages right now. Well, Dave, we live in a changing country where you have a state of California is a one-party system out there. Yeah. About as far left as you can get, it's the largest state in the union. New York, where I am, almost as bad. So, yes, traditional Americans, those who live in Arkansas and the Midwest, upper Midwest, South, um, they don't want socialism. And they don't want all this political correct madness. But there is also a growing crew that is okay with it. So that's why you have this social civil war. Mm -hmm. um, and Trump represents the traditional side. So he must be defeated. It's going to be a vicious campaign next year. Yeah, don't be using that word civil war, man. They're going to come after you. I'm just telling you, look what they did I to Jefferson. I don't care whether they come after me or <laughs> they do to me. I mean, you know, we sold 100,000 copies of the United States of Trump in six days. So wow. you want to come? I'm ready for you. I know you are. i got to take a quick break. When I come back, I want to talk about Trump's four pillars. Can we do that? Yep, sure. All right. Bill O'Reilly is our guest. New book's called The United States of Trump, How the President Really Sees America. We'll get deeper into that when we come back with Bill O'Reilly. All right, so uh, Bill O'Reilly is our guest here on the Dave Ellswick Show. His new book, The United States of Trump, How the President Really Sees America. In the book, you say that Trump has four pillars 
of his presidency, and they are, one, improving the economy, two, stopping illegal immigration, three, defeating Islamic terrorism, four, preventing foreign nations from exploiting America financially. He really hates the Chinese for that. There's no doubt about it. I think if you're an American, you got to look at the Chinese government as exploiting uh, America. So tell us, Bill, can you kind of walk us through each one of those, why they're so important to, to Donald Trump? Well, the economy is obvious. Uh, he needs uh, a vibrant um, work situation and growing wages to get reelected. So his whole life, he's been a capitalist and a deal maker, and that's what he ran on. And so far, he's been fairly successful, I think. Any fair-minded person would say so. Immigration, it personally offends him that people are coming into this country undocumented. Uh, He believes that's wrong, that's chaotic, and it leads to anarchy. Um, I would say 100% of his supporters are with him on that. Mm -hmm. Islamic terrorism, they've done a good job. They knocked out ISIS when Barack Obama was befuddled by that group. Um, we didn't get much coverage of that. And I thought Trump should have trumpeted that a little bit harder. And finally, the China situation, very intense, um, could go the other way. Because China, they say we got 13 months before a new election. Maybe we wait it out because we don't want Trump in there and we don't make a deal. Um, Trump says we're hurting China, but we need to deal with them. There's no doubt about it. Now, on the Muslim issue... Uh, you go into this in somewhat some depth here in that you believe that the president really doesn't like what the Muslims are doing because they haven't stood up in mass against jihad. Donald Trump's an emotional guy, and all of us who lived in New York City at the time of 9-11 were appalled at the uh, mass murder that we witnessed up close. And we were waiting for the Muslim world to rise up and condemn al-Qaeda and join us in defeating them. That did not happen. So that offended Donald Trump in a very personal way. It offended me. And if you don't understand that, I don't know what to say. Because I know in my town a lot of people who lost loved ones in 9-11, and to this day their lives are diminished. Mm Mm-hmm. And we expected good Muslims all over the world to join us in fighting this Muslim fanaticism, and they have not, by and large. Bill, I want to go back to you know, this book. You talk about the, you know, sort of who the man actually is sitting behind the Resolute Desk. And you have a quote here from Trump in your book that says, because you, know, you see a lot of, you know, probably some supporters, a lot of his opposition that say, you know, he's, he's not a smart guy. Uh, he, he a lot of this is a fluke, but this quote in here that's fascinating, it says uh, from Trump, if I attack it on a purely intellectual basis, nobody would listen and the response would not have been nearly as effective. I mean, that to me, just it's very it's sort of an interesting inside look at the man is all this strategy. It's showmanship. So Donald Trump is a showman and he loves the intention. He loves the adrenaline, adrenaline rush of being on television. Um, and if he's going to say something, he's not going to say it like Mike Pence would say it. Mm-hmm. So if you go to a Pence speech, it's going to be hard for you to remember really what he said. 
if you go to a Trump speech, you're going to remember because he's saying it in such a flamboyant way. Now, that gets him in trouble as well because he doesn't censor himself and he doesn't speak precisely. Today, he's running around saying China should investigate (laughs) Joe Biden. He's driving the Democrats crazy. Yeah, driving them crazy. And they're saying, no, we see, we told you this is all about the election. But Trump knows that he, and this is very interesting, he is watching the destruction of Joe Biden. And his own party did it. The Democrats destroyed Joe Biden, not Donald Trump, by bringing up all this Ukraine stuff. Because Biden went over there and threatened that country, and he said it. Biden said it. He did not only admit it, he's proud of it. And everybody saw that. Mm-hmm. And I think Biden's done yeah. um, by his own party. Yeah, and, I know, agree. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, you said that it you know, sometimes it gets him into trouble. And then you talk about the fact that, uh, you know, the press, they did this term. I mean, they created this quote-unquote monster, right? And now they're trying to, to undo him. Uh, yeah. But it, I think part of the frustration, too, with the press is that, you know, all the things that he says— it seemingly never sticks, you know, and, and how many times, Bill, have we heard, well, this is it, you know, the, you know, whether the comment about standing in, in the middle of, you know, Fifth Avenue and shooting someone is, oh, that's it. That's the end of the campaign. The, the Access Hollywood tapes, that's the end of the campaign. And throughout the, the last three years, oh, he said something else. That's the end of his presidency. That's got to be the uh, part of that frustration that drives the media as well. Sure. They thought they had him a million times, but they didn't understand that they're overbearing. And I'm talking about the media now. Mm. Their overbearing attacks on Donald Trump inoculated him. It was like a vaccine from anything legitimate. Mm. So the Trump supporters, they don't believe a word of this impeachment. Yeah. They're not even paying attention to it. Oh, this is just another Russian collusion thing. All right, I'm not even going to pay attention to it. It's bull. So maybe Donald Trump did do something wrong. We can't read his mind. He's got cover. There's no doubt he's got cover. I just tweeted a thing that says, look, there's an active uh, Justice Department investigation president, certainly legitimate to ask for help from foreign leaders in it. I just tweeted that. But maybe Donald Trump just wanted to get Biden in trouble. Possible. Yeah. Possible. But nobody's going to believe that because the press that hates him has been so out of control. And people have just turned it off. That's fascinating. Bill O'Reilly, our guest. We're out of time with Bill. The United States of Trump, how the president really sees America. If you've kind of got interested by listening to some of the things that Bill has said in his book, let me say he says a whole lot more than just what we've been talking about. It's a very impressive book, Bill. You've you've got uh, access to this president that a lot of other people do not have, and I do appreciate you giving us a few minutes today. Sure. It's my pleasure, guys. It's an honest book. Thanks for reading it, and we'll talk again. All right, Bill. Thank you so much. Bill O'Reilly here on the uh, Dave Ellswick Show. What would you think? What do you think of the book? Oh, I think it's it's just a sort of fascinating look at a very complicated person. I think that, you know, in that quote that I, I uh, pulled out there for a question for Bill, that's what I think a lot of people, you kind of see this as a fluke, that he kind of fell into place, that he just kind of rambles, and there's just a you know faction of the population that just can't stand where we are as a country. And to me, when you hear that, though, from Trump, that there's more of a calculated assessment uh, and strategy uh, behind what he says and how he says it, what he tweets, 
Um, and, and it was interesting that he brought up at the end there, you know, was all this just a sort of gamesmanship uh, to get Biden in trouble and hurt his numbers? Because I, well, I've said this before on your show. I think anyone but Biden, I think he has a tremendous, uh, uh, you know, leverage over in, in a general election. And I think he's accomplished that. Well, I sure don't want to miss any of the debates yeah. that he has. And and by my saying what I'm saying is because the impeachment, even if it happens, is not going to hold. Because, look, I don't see the Republican Party falling apart around the president. I see them holding in very, very strongly with this president. I see uh, the, the, the Senate just moving on. One last uh, point from the book. Quote, the important thing to absorb, if you really want to understand Donald Trump and how he achieved power, is that he is a disruptor, a man with a plan. And that plan is almost always to embrace mayhem as a vehicle to getting what he wants. So Mr. Mayhem from, uh, you know, the insurance commercials has nothing on donald trump it's 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 incredible it really is it's gonna a very interesting read uh lots of uh sort of interesting nuggets there about yeah the president yeah a lot of good stuff and like i said if there was somebody who needed to write this book bill o'reilly bill o'reilly has known trump for decades i mean he really has and and trump gave him all kinds of access to sit down and talk to him so that's the real book. You've read, you've heard all these other books around, and well, I, I saw this happen. I saw that happen in the White House. Bill O'Reilly talks to the man. I didn't ask him. I should have asked him if if the president has read the book and you know what yeah. what he gave it as a grade. <laughs> I'll send him a I'll send him a text and find out. That'd be interesting. Yeah. I, I gotta believe that he'll like he would have liked this book. To be yeah. honest, no, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, now before I let you go, you're doing a new gig now. I am. I am. This is my uh fourth day on the job in the new gig. Okay. Uh, I am a, a a partner there with Gilmore Strategy Group, uh John Gilmore, Red Hatcher. Uh the cool thing about it is it's a full service firm. Um we do uh you know con- uh, governmental affairs, consulting, um communications work, opinion research. Uh, it's really a one-stop shop, and, and the cool part of it is, is that I've worked with these guys in the past. You know, John was the deputy uh, chief of staff with Governor Hutchinson. Uh, Rhett was the former uh, budget guy and director of legislative affairs. So uh-huh. we have this sort of knowledge and and uh, and these relationships and and expertise that I think has really helped uh, with our clients. And so it's been a lot of fun, and and I still get to do. Uh, you know, work for for Governor Hutchinson, which I have always uh, enjoyed and and love working for him. Um, and so, uh, it's a, it's a good team, and I'm proud to be a part of it. and uh, And we'll have to get them on sometime. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely would love to have them on because people need to know, you know, how all of that works out. Because you know, the word lobbyist has a bad connotation, but some lobbyists, it's a good con, uh, con you know, kind of concoction because. No. Yeah, A person who's sitting in uh, an elected office may not know everything there's to know about certain topics, and lobbyists can come in and give them a kind of a bird's-eye view of some different things. Yeah, and these guys are top-notch, first-class integrity. That's what you want in a firm, and, and so it's exciting to kind of start 
start anew there. So, All right. Yep. Well, I appreciate you coming in. Glad you could join in and talk to Bill O'Reilly. That was a lot of fun. And uh, we'll see you down the road. Yeah, always the highlight, man. Enjoy it. All right. We'll Thanks, talk Dave. to you later. Right. News is coming up next here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Enjoyed Bill O'Reilly. That was a lot of fun. I've known Bill for years, and this is going this is going to be the book that I think he's going to sell the most of. Uh, he said they sold a hundred thousand copies in six days. Wow, and that's understandable. He said it's unbelievable. It came out, and just as it comes out, this whole impeachment and right. inquiry thing just yeah. blew up. And <laughs> he's, it. You know, he's known Donald Trump probably for thirty years. And the president gave him access and let him come in and talk to him and ask him questions and things. And it's all in the book. you got to read it. It's, you'll understand this president a lot yeah, better sure. when you read it. You really will. Yeah. He calls himself the disruptor. You know? And, <laughs> yeah, well, and that's sure. what, I mean, he, I'll give you a good example. He he drove the Democrats crazy today. I mean, they're, they're trying to get him, impeach him over what he said to the Ukrainian president right. in a phone call. Today, right in front of the press, he said, "If I were the Chinese, I'd be investigating Hunter and 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 and, and Biden. I'd be taking a look at him and seeing what was going on with that. Took out a billion dollars for their country or something mm-hmm. like that. They don't know what to do with no, the man. They, they don't. don't. They just that's don't know the, what that's to do the with thing. They don't know what to do. Now I do know, know what to do about applied research. Oh. We're going to talk <laughs> with <right>. that <laughs> because yeah, I've been talking about uh, type two diabetes here for the uh, longest time. Dealing with if you're on metformin only, if you're if you got over, I think it was a one C of eight, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, eighteen years and older. They got a study getting ready, or it's going now, right. and they're enrolling people in it. And I hope that you called in about it. From what I'm understanding, you guys got a lot of calls about it. Mm-hmm. Yes, we have. I mean, of course, diabetes is you know a, a bad disease to try to get under control it's so weird is that people don't think it's bad well right. it's silent it's kind of like right. a silent it's like disease. high blood pressure yeah mm-hmm. you know it's you silent. don't think it's doing anything to you and it's wearing your organs down it can right. affect everything in your in your body and so there's a lot of people that are on metformin only uh that may be a little bit uh not controlled as well so this you actually you know, will be staying on your medicine we just add to it so you don't go off the metformin okay uh but yes it's for uh ages uh 18 and older um and you know we'd love to be able to hopefully help you if you want to uh, give us a call we can do that dr steve simpson is our physician that's on that so good man he is he's very good so he um is is doing that this trial um and then we have another one along the lines of diabetes, a diabetic gastroparesis, which is something that um, there's nothing out there for at this point. Um, 
So that's a real good study. Uh, we actually have um, Dr. Uh, Velez uh, is the gastroenterologist that's that's doing the study for. So, so what is that? I mean, I not, gastroparesis. I've not even heard of it. You never heard of that? No. That's where you actually feel a lot of bloating. Sometimes you can have nausea, vomiting. You can't. You feel full all the time. You feel like you can't eat. Hmm. Um, and there's a lot of people that have either nausea with it or have nausea and vomiting. Uh, but there's nothing out there for it at this point in time for treating. So um, it just kind of makes your stomach sleepy is what it is. Your mm. stomach kind of goes to sleep. But it's caused by the diabetes, It's right? caused by diabetes, yeah. yeah. I don't want that thing. Yeah. 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 I like eating too A lot of people have had it. we got a lot of people in that study, and mm-hmm. it's, so yeah. uh, we need some more, but we've got quite a few in it. That's wild because it's something I've never even heard of, so it must yeah. be pretty prevalent then among diabetics mm-hmm, it is yes. you know uh and some people don't even know they that they've actually been diagnosed with it um you have the symptoms you know we can pretty much help you diagnose that as well too so um they can give us a call and we can see if we can help them in that wow that's mm-hmm. really wild that's crazy it is. kind of sound. Yeah. by the way i had my last a1c uh-huh 6.2 good go. for you no, doing good doing good my my goal right now is get under you know, get, get, five. get into the fives. Mm-hmm. If I get into fives, I'll feel like I've got it really right locked down pretty good. Yes, yes. And yeah. that's good. So. Well, I got serious after, you know, you get a five way on your chest. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it gets your, your, get your attention. attention fast, I didn't, it? I never wanted to be a, you know, a, a secondary actor in Aliens, but uh, yeah, they cracked my chest. Mm-hmm. It was not fun. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, Been here's there. one. Here's one that I've heard of and. And that's endometriosis. Mm-hmm. And evidently, this is where your intestines become inflamed. Is that, is that a right way of this putting is, it? This is actually a female um, okay. is where the actual um, uterus gets inflamed. It can okay. go into uh, a little lower other, than yeah, other than that. So this is for women only, uh, but we are uh, currently enrolling if you have endometriosis. Endometriosis is another one of those that there's not a whole lot out there to treat. You don't have a lot of options um, a lot of women suffer from this, and they don't really understand. Sometimes they don't know what it is, but it causes a lot of pain. Um, and this one you actually do have to be surgically diagnosed with, so we have to have that um, information. Um, our physician that's on this is actually Dr. Livers. He's with doc, uh, with the Cornerstone Clinic here, here in Little Rock, um, and so he is uh, actually overseeing this this study. Mm-hmm. You have to be uh, 18 to 49 for this this one. So, Is um, this something that it, it goes after more of young and middle-aged women? Pretty much, yeah, it can. And that's why it's particularly with that age group, 18 to 49, okay. um, they can have it. Some women are very, it's very debilitating. They can't even get out of the bed on some days. Uh, it can cause them to, you know, have just significant amount of pain which this is medicine uh, that's supposed to help with that pain. So, mm-hmm. All right, make you be able to at least maybe get into a reasonable way mm-hmm. of living. Yeah, hopefully yeah, yeah, with that's that. What yeah. Well, that's what they're testing. That's what we're testing for. trying to test for. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. and then uh, let me talk about this one uh, as well before we go to our first uh, break, and that's uh, GERD. Now, that, that would better be known as heartburn. I mean, mm-hmm. real heartburn right. where mm-hmm. you're sleeping at night. And if you don't have your head up, you know, you throw up in, mm-hmm. in the middle mm-hmm. of the night and you get it up and it gets into your lungs. And I can just tell you this, 
you get stomach acid into your lungs and it'll it's wake tough. you up and mm-hmm. it is nasty mm-hmm. it's not fun no, no it's not no i've had that myself so yeah. it's not fun but yes this is a um, study that we're doing actually um, um it's been going on for a little bit we are um having people call and enroll in this one as well um do you have to have a diagnosis of, of GERD uh, for that, which is, you know, reflux or uh, um, gastroesophageal yeah. reflux, reflux, acid reflux. Um, and the uh, physician that's on this one is, is Dr. Veles, but Dr. Capallo, uh, who is actually with Premier. Premier. They're the ones that Urology. are doing the remodel of uh, the Kmart on Rodney yeah. Parham. Oh, it's really? Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm just going to tell you, you have a really bad case of acid reflux. It wakes you up in the middle of the night. Yeah, you think you're going to die. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's I'm not making that up. Are you having it's, a heart attack or yeah, something? Yeah, <laughs> heart attack or whatever. It's not it gets your attention. Fun. Yeah. It, you were just talking about you had kind of a run-in with dry ice the other day. Mm-hmm. That's right. You, yeah. yeah. You don't want to get that really, really cold get... stuff into your lungs. No, no, you not don't. Not a good deal. So I tried to quit breathing real fast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. She's breathing dry ice beams. <laughs> yeah, that's not. She's sticking her head in the dry not ice box and breathing. Yeah, you want to keep your... Stop well, yeah. breathing. Stop breathing. Hold Don't your be breath when anymore. you go down there. Exactly. All right. For The phone line for Applied Research Center of Arkansas is 501-954-7822. That's 501-954-7822. Uh, I'm going to just tell you, I think going to the website is the best place to go because you see all the different studies that are going on. Mm -hmm. You can see what you have to, you know, your qualifications that you have to meet and things of that nature because there's qualifications on all these studies. Just go to ARC Arkansas, ARC Arkansas, that's one word, ARCArkansas.com. You can go there. You can... uh, Try to get into these studies. You can say, you know, I would qualify for them. And uh, there's more of them than just the uh, four that we've talked about so far. We'll talk about more in just a minute when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. 16 after 4, Applied Research Center of Arkansas is our special guest. We'll continue our conversation when we return. All right, so what are some of the other ones that you got going on? I mean, the low testosterone has been going on for quite some time now, mm-hmm. and so has the kidney stones mm-hmm. and a lot of the pediatric ones about irritable bowel syndrome. But I'm looking here, vaginal yeast infection, that, that's fairly new. Right. That's uh, We've been enrolling in, in just a little bit for that. Uh, but that is um, women who actually have recurrent uh, yeast infections, and so... If you suffer from that, um, then we would love to uh, talk to you to see if you would possibly qualify. Um, you do have to have a history of at least three infections over the last year, and one of those has to be diagnosed as well, too. So um, we are still looking for uh, dermatitis, though. We have atopic dermatitis studies. We actually have one for adults, uh, and we have one uh, different one for pediatrics as well, ages um, 7 to 17. So uh, the adult one is actually um, uh, a good study. We have people that are coming in for that. Uh, and atopic dermatitis, what is that? People have uh, spots on your 
kind uh, of scaly skin, stuff scaly, yeah, itchy, you know. Like an itchy um, rash. You'll see people scratching it all the time. Yeah. And it usually is worse um, all coming up in the heat and in the cool areas. I get um, it on my hands mm-hmm. during summertime. Yeah. In between my fingers. I hate it. Little right. blisters. So sometimes people with allergies will suffer with uh, eczema or atopic dermatitis as well. So. Um, but we have those going on, um, and then we have a gout study yeah. that we are fixing to start. Um, this is actually um, another one where people suffer from gout. It can be very, very painful, um, and uh, it can actually, you know, get into the joints, particularly the feet, the hands, and that's what they're they're looking at. Uh, it's also um, fixing to start enrollment, I think, in the next uh, one to two weeks for that. So okay, so that's when we put. A lot of people don't know exactly what that is, but you get like little crystals it's in crystals. your joints, yeah. mm-hmm. and I've I've mm-hmm. heard I've never had it, but I've heard it's incredibly painful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it can actually those crystals can actually get in the joints and cause your joints to inflame, oh, uh, and get red. Um, we actually went to the the meeting on that. It can actually get crystals in the chest. It was really interesting. So yeah, wow. we learned a lot on that that one. So. This is uh, medicine that they're trying to – actually, it's been out, but they're um, doing a different way of, of uh, getting it uh, throughout the system there. All right. One has, has come up on, on the list that I had no idea what it was, OA-knee. Oh, that's osteoarthritis okay. of the knee. All right. That's our abbreviation. Is, so. that, is, that, is that becoming – worse now i mean it's the population's of, getting older right yeah population getting older people getting heavier sometimes causing mm-hmm. a lot of problems with the knees uh but if you suffer from arthritis that can be definitely hereditary so there's a lot of uh, things that are going on um in in that realm there's uh several studies that we're uh, looking at some are injections some are medications orally uh, we have one of the best-known doctors um, in the state of Arkansas working with us on that, and that's cool. Dr. Ken Martin. So a All lot right. of people see him, um, and he um, he does a lot. He's done a lot in research for several, several years. A lot of people ask, why would I even want to be involved in research? Why would I do that? Um, and we've always said research, clinical trials, is actually where treatment begins for people. Well, of course. You, mm-hmm. you can't develop new drugs or new ways to combat you know yeah. uh, invasive uh, <laughs> things like this and unless you have people out there doing the research to figure out how to st- right. you know, either stop it or slow it down mm-hmm. dave another thing is this is excellent for people that have high high deductibles or no insurance at all mm-hmm. yeah right uh because you know a lot of these dr- drugs that are coming out the new drugs they're not covered by your insurance, or they may be, a, you know, they're not mm-hmm. they're not cheap. And so now you're having to fork out $500, dollars a month for just for some of this stuff. So this is an excellent way for if 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 you don't have any insurance and to get tre- treatment for any of these that mm-hmm. we've been yeah, talking to about. To your point, atopic dermatitis. Right. There's, there's a Humira and some of the other drugs that are out there. I mm-hmm. I, I was looking at one of those drugs. Yeah. And, and this and the little tiny stuff at the very bottom of the ad and it said typical cost per month was seventeen hundred dollars yeah exactly it's over a hundred dollars a day exactly it's ridiculous expensive yeah i mean and to that effect we also have parameters because you actually get uh, most of these you have to have 
you know, physicals. You have to have EKGs. You have to have blood work that they do uh, according to the study protocols, uh, which is no cost to you. But that's a way to see, you know, um, what your levels are. And, we do, and they do being, the blood tests and everything. I mean, it's yeah. all the whole physical and everything. Yeah, I came in because I was looking at yeah. the low testosterone and then I got to the very end and they said you have to come off of right. any other uh, the drugs and there was one drug that yeah. i was doing i didn't want to come off of it. Sure. right and i said well maybe if it gets to the point that doesn't work then i'll be interested exactly uh-huh. you know mm-hmm. but they're putting they're putting little pellets in my butt right now oh really just so you'll know <laughs> <laughs> that's i know that's tmi but that that's what's happening with with my folks over at Arkansas Urology. Ah, uh-huh. you know. Okay. Can I say Doctor Deanna? Huh? Doctor okay. Deanna, and he's with my, us on on our things. That's my as man. Well. That's right. He, I see him every other doctor. couple, two or three months. He's yeah. hard to get in and see, though. Yes. Yeah. He's he very is. very popular. We want to also uh, let you know we got one coming up with H. pylori, which is a infection that gets into the stomach. That's bacteria you know that, that, that causes infection. ulcers. That's that right. People think you got ulcers, and really it's just a bacterial mm-hmm. infection And thing. you take medication for that. Um, you definitely um, want to get that taken care of, but they're all they're coming out with um, – it's kind of like a three-pack we've always used in medicine to help treat mm-hmm. this. So now they're coming out with new treatments for that. And if you've had H. pylori, I mean, that's something you can get rid of, but – you know, it's something that we um, want to know about, too. So they really are going to come out with something that they can firebomb it with, huh? Yeah. Yeah, good. That's yeah. good. I mean, we need new medicines. Yeah. We need new antibiotics. We need new things. Yeah, you need antibiotics to get rid of that crap. Everything. That's right. For sure. Exactly. And then the next one we're going to be starting soon is infant formula. So any you know anybody that's pregnant or that uh, will be delivering soon? Uh, actually, it will be an infant formula um, along with they're also comparing that to breastfeeding. So it actually will be both breastfeeding and those people that want to do just formula. And if you know how in, how expensive formula exactly. is, it's this expensive. will save you this money. Is, yeah. Definitely will save you yeah. money. Right. All right. Phone number 501-954-7822 or the website is arcarkansas.com. I cut it short just so that I could ask about the clinic because yes. it is flu shot season, and yes. I'm sure that you all are doing flu shots. Yes, we are. So we actually do have a walk-in clinic as well. Uh, we're located on North Rodney Parham, um, and you can next come in. Next to Burger in, King. It, next to Burger King, down from Party City. That's Give right. a plug there. Um, but we are definitely open Monday through Friday from 8 to 4.30, and we're open on Saturdays. Uh, we're changing that time a little bit, but we are there on Saturdays as well. Okay, too. mainly Saturday mornings. Yeah, mainly right. Saturday go in mornings. and get your flu shot now. I've right. heard of yes. people already coming down with the flu. We already have had yeah. cases of the flu in the state. Or if you're so. a company and you want to, you you have a number of employees. We've gone out and taken mm-hmm. the taken the flu shot and give it to 20 or 30 people at one time. So just call your number. Yeah, just call and we'll schedule mm-hmm. that and send a nurse over to do all that. All right, 501-954-7822. You guys do pneumonia and shingles and all that as well? Not the shots, no. Not shots? Okay. Mm-hmm. No. Just we treat shingles, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. so we see and we can treat for shingles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Shingles, not fun. No. No. Not fun. All right, you guys are keeping up with yeah. it. Yeah, a lot of new ones coming up. A lot up. of good stuff going on. A lot on. of new ones coming up. And mm-hmm. you'll keep telling me and I'll keep telling the there people. There you go. Okay. That work out all right for you? It does. All right. And uh, 
you want if i can get you a copy of bill o'reilly book you want me to yes. get yeah <laughs> yeah uh, he gave me a thumbs there up big time. after i finish reading it you may have it i'll get you, is that I'll all right I'm going to read it this weekend. There you go. Give it to you next week. I'll, I'll get stop you by my and Uncle drop Frank's, it off. I'll get you my Uncle Frank's book, too. I want to see that. I want to yes. get him on the show. He, he'll be in. that was on Ewell. I've been on yes. Ewell. Uh-huh. I wouldn't visit it while really? I was out in, in Guam. I went he to was, He saw the flag being raised. He wasn't. Wow. He's not one of the five or six there, right. but he was, he, he was there. He saw it happening. So he was, he was in that. On the mountain. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was an Where important, was. One important One of the last ones living. Yeah. There were 24,000 Japanese on that island when we went in. There were only a little over 300 left mm-hmm. because they fought to the death. Right. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Letters of my father and all of that. That, uh, that He was shot and bayoneted, and he incredible. laid, I think it was for three hours, and a, a Jap was on top of him, and right. uh, he stayed there silent because everybody was jumping over him. Here's the news. All right, Ben Temple is with us. You'll remember Ben from a couple of months ago. Uh, he is with Water for Christ. He is the marketing director for them. And uh, they had a uh, kind of a get-together out there in Greenbrier. And uh, you guys raised some quant- quality cash from that. About twenty grand, did you tell me? That's right. Thanks to you, Dave, coming on the show. I think really helped us out. It was a cool car show. It was our fourth annual event doing that car show mm-hmm. to benefit Water for Christ in Greenbrier at Lifesong Baptist Church. And it, it, it did pour for about the first two hours. <laughs> so you got water for Christ. Yeah, so we got the water part. But the cool thing about it, I was talking to one of the judges, and he says, man, Ben, I've been doing car shows for since 1990, almost 30 years. Mm-hmm. I've never seen cars owners car owners bring their cars out in weather like this we had over 40 right. cars oh so good. that was just really touching to hear something positive from a guy like that that was happening over there by the sonic yep. wasn't it yep cool you can't beat sonic i'm just saying i love sonic all right so let's talk about another uh night that you're going to have now for people to come out and have some fun and to raise some money for water for christ first of all for the people who don't remember you, tell them what Water for Christ is all about. Sure. Happy to do it, Dave. Water for Christ is a nonprofit that's based in Conway, Arkansas. Simply put, we drill water wells all over the world. As the name suggests, Water for Christ, we drill water wells in the name of Jesus Christ. There's a lot of organizations out there, water.org, a lot of places that are doing a lot of great. And those are all noble causes, and we, we support that. Our special sauce is that we're drilling them in the name of Jesus Christ. So we might partner with churches or pastors or missionaries and mm-hmm. drill those well where they drill those wells where they can be most beneficial to the people in their villages, but also beneficial beneficial for the spiritual water. And that is, as you know, eternal life that only comes through Jesus Christ. That's our secret sauce. Uh, mostly, we work in Ghana. Drilled about seventy wells to date. Been recently working in Burkina Faso, which is near the Sahara Desert in Africa, and also worked in Haiti last year, and some this year as well. Now, if you're thinking about Ghana, where is it? Well, if you remember what Africa looks like, it looks like a fish jumping out of the water, kind of. A little bit. Yeah. And if you think about where the the mouth on the head would be at, that's kind of where Ghana would be at, over in the western part of Africa. More or less in in the western region, that's right, western part of Africa. And... For a lot of you, you probably don't realize that unlike the United States and 
good portions of Europe, the availability of clean water is not as easy as it is here. That's right. I say this all the time. If people only knew what other people did in other countries, I feel like we would get along as a country a lot better. But we are very blessed in this nation to have good infrastructure, good utilities, good water, and so that's not an issue. But for a lot of people, it's just life or death just to get up and find food and find clean water. And so where we go, it's remote, remote places. And a lot of these people are walking one, two, three miles a day one way just to get dirty water out of the river. Water for Christ comes to town, and now all of a sudden there's a well in the center of the village. You talk about life-changing. I mean, now these people can have time to go get jobs and earn money because they're not spending all day just to go get water. It's a big, big deal. Yeah, and they get to water, and if they use it up quicker, and they probably will because it's easier to get, you know, that makes a big difference. I mean, there's a, if you've got to walk four hours to get water and then walk four hours back, you don't have much time to do anything else but get water. That's right. And you got to have water to supply it to survive. I mean, you can go a long time without food. You cannot go a long time without water. About three days is a lot of people's best guess. Wow. So somebody in the family is going to always be going to get water. That's right. That's just going to be and part a, and of a lot deal. of places. It's the women and children in those parts of the world that do that work. Just to be frank. All right. With that in mind, to make these wells happen, you got to have money. That's right. Know? And to get that money, the folks at Water for Christ have put together a uh, art for water uh, gala who, that's coming up on October 15th. It's a Tuesday night. Let me just ask you, to, and your wife is really in, invested in this. She's the chair. Okay, so let's talk about it. What all, what all is this going to be about? Art for Water is going to be an opportunity for people to come check out local artists and their work here in Little Rock. It's going to be at the Governor's Mansion. The First Lady of Arkansas, Susan Hutchinson, is going to be the keynote speaker with special guest Asa Hutchinson. Mm -hmm. The Governor's going to be there. First Lady's going to be there. But also, we're going to have various works of arts that have been donated by some great local artists. You may know James Hayes. He's a local artist, blows glass out of Pine Bluff. Chris Hines has donated a very expensive piece of art for this gala. And we've also partnered with other local artists for smaller pieces that may be valued at $25 or $50. So we're going to have some big pieces on display, and we're going to live auction those off. But we're also going to have some smaller pieces of art on display that are going to be much more affordable. And so it's a great chance to come out and see what the community of Arkansas has put together from an art perspective. And of course, at the end of the day, the bottom line is all the funds raised are going to benefit Water for Christ. Yeah, I'm I'm going to your website right now because I want to. You got pictures of the art on there. We have some pictures of the artists on art for or the website is waterforchrist.com. dot com. Mm-hmm. And when you get to waterforchrist.com, dot com, I think you'll go to the events page and then click down to art for water. We do have pictures of all of the artists. I think on our Facebook, Dave, you'll see pictures of some art that we've done before. I think we've got some pictures of James Hayes's art and also Chris Hines. There's Mm -hmm. there's going to be some pretty cool art there. And there's going to be other things that people have donated too. I don't want to give too much away because, you know, we want the people there to be 
kind of excited about what's going on. But there's a lot of people that have donated some amazing gifts. Yeah, I'm looking here. I'm seeing uh, you got a dance company that's coming, a new creation. New Creation Dance is a friend of ours, and Miss Erin is one of the people there who we're good friends with, and they have kindly um, agreed to be a part of, of this gala. And so we're excited about that. I mean, where else can you go and get a good meal, see some beautiful local art, and also get a, a good dance show? Yeah, this is very, very cool. Yeah, and by the way, the the uh, website is very easily navigated, no problem whatsoever. So Chris Hayes is there, Rich McCauley, uh, Mariah McKinley. I can you can look. It sounds like I got all this stuff memorized. I don't. I'm looking right off the website right now. You can do the exact same thing by going to waterforchrist.com, visit the event tab, and click on water or art for water for all of your event details. We'll talk about price. We'll talk about times. All that is coming and where. You know, we want to make sure that you know exactly where you need to go for this special event. Coming up on Tuesday, October 15th. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. Ben Temple's with me. We'll finish up our conversation when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, so let's go back here with Ben Temple. The uh, Art for Water Gala is coming up on Tuesday night, October 15th. I mean, that's a week from Tuesday. That's right. what we're talking about. It's going to be happening at the Governor's Mansion, which is a great place to have something like this. It goes from 5.30 to 8 o'clock, and from 5.30 to 6.30, you can uh, do a meet-and-greet with the governor and uh, local artists, and there's going to be a silent auction of uh, art that's there and done by these people, and all of this money that's going to be raised is going to go to help for water for Christ and drilling wells over in uh, in Africa, maybe in Haiti or wherever you guys think that we need to go. That's right. All right, you guys make the, your decisions on that. With that in mind, let's let's talk about what you got coming up. How much does it cost to go to this? Sure. Thanks, Dave. I did want to add that we have drilled some wells here in Arkansas also for some sure. nonprofits, and so that's a big deal. And uh, Governor Hutchinson and First Lady Susan Hutchinson have been big supporters of some of those same organizations that we've teamed up with. So we're hometown, too, but as you know, there's a bigger need worldwide. So back back to the event. Yes, it's going to be at the governor's mansion, and tickets are going to be $100. Okay. Now, there's sponsorships for corporations, and we've still got some of those available. But a $100 ticket will get you a three-course dinner meal. You'll be able to meet some of these local artists, who some of them are are pretty well known yeah uh, there's going to be a silent auction between 5 30 and 6 30 kind of a preview of the art some hors d'oeuvres things of that nature and then the actual program will begin at 6 30 so when you get there and you can walk around and you can look at all of these silent auction items and write down your bids that's right we've got just not only with you know paintings and different types of art in the general sense of art we've got sculptures that we're going to have brian massey who teaches at uca has donated a piece there's also going to be some performing arts there i think we've got some tickets from sight and sound theater in branson as well as right here with uh, murray's right here in little rock my wife and i saw mary poppins not too long ago how was their performance you know we always enjoy murray's but the mary poppins was spectacular good fantastic i I was over. I went over and saw the uh, Johnny Cash. 
that they did, which was really, really good as well. I can only imagine. Yeah, it was it was excellent. It really was. So I'm looking at this. You got live and silent art, uh, art auctions. So you're going to have a live one. So there's going to be somebody up front saying, "Hey, you know, you, I don't." I can't well, do this I'll tell stuff. you, who we have we have Johnny Mitchum from okay. KW Real Estate. He's a commercial agent, I believe, and I've actually been. I've I've heard him auction some things off before. He's he's sharp. He's sharp. No, that's good. So it's gonna be fun. A good auctioneer is important because they can drive the bidding. That's right. I want to get my auctioneer's license one day, Dave. I can't talk that. It's, it's it's it's. But it's it's a great thing though. You get to talk fast. You get to bang on a hammer. You get to be loud, center of the tension. I mean, <laughs> okay. If you say so, Ben, I'll go along with it. All right. Who doesn't want to be that? And uh, again, there is there's food involved here. There, you get to meet the governor and his wife. That's you right. get to meet a lot of these artists. You get to see some great art and know that everything, all of this money that's coming in is all going for Water for Christ. There's scholarships and ticket availability at waterforchrist.com. Again, visit the event tab and click on Art for Water for all the details. That's right. Just so you can check it out. You, you need to be there. Let me give you, I'm going to give you all the, this is what we do in radio, all right? We tell you what we want you to know, we repeat what we want you to know, and then just to make sure, we tell you again. So I'm at the Tell You Again event here uh, on the Dave Ellswick Show. Tuesday night, October 15th, $100 for a ticket. They do have sponsorships. If you have a business out there and you want to, you know, sponsor uh, this uh, event, they do five hundred up to five thousand dollars sponsorships. They could use your help. All this money is going to be put to well use. Uh, the uh, governor and the first uh, lady will be doing a meet and greet from five thirty to six thirty, and the local artists as well. The silent auction will be going on with that. Then there's going to be like a three course meal. You do that. You get to see some dancing. You get to see more art. There'll be a live auction, the silent auction. It sounds like it's going to be a fantastic event, and it'll be done by 8 o'clock. That's right. That's pretty good. I, I think it's going to be a great deal. We're going to we're really looking forward to it. My wife, Eliana, has put a lot of effort into this, acquiring the art, getting everything set up with the mansion. As you can imagine, there's protocol for that. So we're just excited to get out there in Little Rock and let people know what we do how long has she been planning this now we started this in february fun fact we actually started planning this in january and so we were trying to nail down a date with the governor's mansion we finally got the date nailed down about three weeks after she found out we were pregnant and we had the date for the governor's mansion on october 15th well we're due on october 22nd ah, so oh. so we've been playing this for about nine months dave to be exact well tell your wife that if she would give birth there Probably next year when you do this, you'll really have no problem selling tickets at well, all. We're really hoping that <laughs> that she can attend. I, I'll I'll let her know. Yeah, so. definitely. This this is this is very cool. James Hayes is going to be there. A lot of different people will be there. Uh, James blows glass. That's right, and it's beautiful stuff. That's right. His stuff has been in the White House before. Yeah, I mean, really, really cool stuff. If if you improve are impressed by people who can do that because I am because they get that molten glass on the end of that long metal yeah. pole and start blowing. I don't, I don't know how they f- don't 
remember to inhale. Yeah, I don't want to do what they do. I've seen James do it before. It's really fun to watch, but it is an art. Yeah. They're called an artiste for a reason. And, and it's it's not easy. It is tough. And then you're going to help out a great, great organization, Water for Christ. So you guys are over in Conway. Uh, this is a great way for people to support Water for Christ. Again, their website is waterforchrist.com. Now, let's say you can't make this. You can still donate. That's right. Go to waterforchrist.com, and there's a place where you can donate. I highly recommend that you donate some money to this organization. I'm just telling you, we take for granted in this country what we have around us. You get up in the morning, go to the bathroom, and flush the toilet. Then walk into the kitchen and fill up the coffee pot, probably, like I do, and start a pot of coffee. And then whenever you need some water, you just turn on the spigots at your sink. That is not the way the majority of the world gets their water. That's right. It's I much mean, it's, more of a process. Yeah, it's serious. It really is serious. We're we're talking difference between life and death here. And and having a well in your town or whatever in Africa is a huge, huge deal. And if you're like me and you're a Christ believer and a Christ follower, this opens up doors to tell people about the love of Christ. You said it, Dave. Everything you said is 100% true. We exist to provide the physical clean drinking water. That helps prevent diseases. That's help, that helps cure diseases. A clean drinking glass of water is as good as it gets. But in addition to that, it also provides the open door for the spiritual water. And that's that's all about what Water for Christ is. That's our main deal. So uh, it's a one-two punch for us, and it is a game changer both in the physical and the spiritual. Do me a favor, and in the future... Have somebody get a hold of me, and uh, let's see if I can't go on a trip with you guys. Hey, we're going this November. You would love it. I'd I'd like to get over to Africa sometime and to see what you're all doing. Hey, that'd be great. Up close and personal. That'd be great. Ben, we thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. Let me give you the the site to go to to get your tickets again. Waterforchrist.com. You want to go to the event tab. And then click on Art for Water for all the details that I've already told you about four times. You can see them up close and personal again. Get your buy your ticket, and uh, the time to buy your tickets is coming to a close. Is that That's correct? Right. We'd love for everybody to buy tickets this week and last week. It, next week it will end because the event is is coming up. Well, you got to have you got to know how many people you got to feed right. and all of that. That's right. Got to get all that. All that. I didn't ask. Do you know who's going to be preparing the food? Yes, the governor's mansion. Oh, now, now, Julie's cool. in Conway did donate desserts, but the, oh, cool. the main course is all going to be the governor's mansion. So it's going to be first class. Dave. All right. You'll be ready to go. Oh, what's the dress? Cocktail, business attire. Okay, business attire. Keep that in, keep that in mind. See, I'd have to wear slacks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when's the last time, Ben, you saw me in slacks? You know, I've been on the show twice now, Dave, and You've I'm never looking around your me. office, and I, I don't know if uh, you're the type of guy that strikes me for wearing slacks. Okay. But, you know, cocktail attire, that can be that can be a lot of different things. That's Business true. Attire. That's true. If I wear a nice pair of shoes, huh. people might give me a You're invited, Dave. If you come, <laughs> we'll get you in. You don't worry about that. Hey, Zach, 
When's the last time you saw me in slacks? I've never seen you in slacks. Yeah, that's exactly right. Ben, thanks so much for coming in. I appreciate you. I really do. And I appreciate your organization. Keep up the great work. Don't forget, Tuesday night, October 15th, 5.30 to 8 p.m., Water for Christ. And this is Art for Water uh, Gala at the Governor's Mansion. I'm done for today. Coming up, we'll uh, replay my hour with J.R. Davis and our interview with Bill O'Reilly. That's coming uh, your way. You can hear about the United States of Trump. That's Bill O'Reilly's new book. And then tomorrow, best of Dave Ellswick show, because I have to go to Branson. I know it's a tough life, but somebody's got to do it. And then Monday, I'll be back, and Elizabeth will be here. And, of course, uh, Robert Steinbach will be here, and we'll be tearing into this whole impeachment inquiry on the Dave Ellswick Show. Have a great evening. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.